welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this week we return to our In Memoriams feature with sexual men we didn't want to die. <laughs> yep, we are, uh, we're throwing a little Valentine's Day slash homoerotic twist on uh, <laughs> this uh, In Memoriam. We thought, you know, it's the, uh, it's the season of love. We might as well throw back to some sexual men, uh, no pun intended, uh, that you know are that have graced the screens of horror, um, and uh, also making sure if you've listened to this our podcast before, we've got um, in terms of sexual men, we've mentioned them several times throughout our running time. We have we've had constant discussions about different men being this level of sexual some of those who may make it onto this list so I won't mention anyone said so far although we did battle one out recently about a certain sexual man yes um, so he, I actually did have Gary Oldman's Dracula as an honourable mention uh, if we'd have done this episode and we hadn't covered Dracula I definitely would have mentioned Gary Oldman's Dracula as a sexual man who we didn't who I didn't want to die um, I know we, we battled to great lengths in that episode, so if you haven't checked it out, go check out our must-see horror on Bram's... Bram's I keep wanting to say Bram Stoker's... <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, so... Um, and there may also be battles in this one. We, we may d- disagree on someone who is a sexual man, or we might be safe. Um, so, uh, the sexual man, as you say, is not necessarily a homoerotic thing, although... It can be. <laughs> it, it, it can be. It, it, if, it, it's, it's the kind of person that has an allure, a charm, uh, a rugged good luck that you can't quite get past, which is why I didn't say Gary Oldman was one yeah. in Dracula. <laughs> and yet, was well, I would disagree, you know, he was suave, he was handsome, he was well-dressed, he had the allure of the sexual man. He pounds as a wolf, you know? He pounds as a wolf. He pounds as a wolf is probably the closest bit that got him towards sexual man. Now, and as I said, it's not necessarily that, but he is the kind of person that, you know, if if he suddenly appeared in in front of you, not saying you'd go for it as both being straight males, but, you know, there's probably a good chance they'll end up banging. Yeah, they'll end up banging. (laughs) Because they'll they'll get whatever they want. That's the point of these sexual men. Now, obviously, this is immemorial, so it is people we did not want to die. So for whatever reason, they didn't make it to the end of their horror films. So... Um, do you want to do your cheap plug before? Yeah, you as, al- <laughs> as always, um, if you have, you know, if you've enjoyed listening to the episodes, or this is your first time checking us out, please remember to hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. Um, I've got a bit of a cough at the moment, so that may, you know, <laughs> that may pitter throughout the episode. But please do not that, let that affect your rating or the fact that you subscribe. I'm I'm just a sickly prince sometimes, you know. Um, and with that, I'll, I'll hand over to you, Epo, for the first sexual man that we didn't want to die. So my first sexual man that I didn't want to die um, is a is a big rip for more than one reason. He's an, he's he. I wanted to honour him for this episode. Yeah. He may be one that I think might have been made onto your list. I'm not sure, but mine is Dylan from Predator. Oh yeah, Rip Carwevers. Rip, Rip Carwevers, man. Yeah, it seemed like a good opportunity to mention the uh, the sad passing of Carwevers in our podcast. Yeah, and also the fact that he is a truly, truly, I think, sexual man. <laughs> yeah, and I like to hear you fight that. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'd agree, man. He is a he's a true sexual man. I mean, there is a true energy 
emoji, and I don't know any uh, any man or woman who wouldn't want a piece of that, especially when you see him and Arnold first meet each other. That is true. You son of a bitch. Then they just swap it together, you know. <laughs> you know the meme. You've seen the film. <laughs> yeah. But imagine experience in Carl Weather in his true glory. And that, it is Pride Weathers, isn't it? It is. He is... He is amazing in the role. He is perfect in that role. Now, Carl Weathers, to be fair, when I was younger, I actually, I sometimes, sadly, <laughs> used to get mixed up with Billy D. Williams in Batman. I thought he was Two-Face in Batman. I thought, yeah. I just thought Carl Weathers did all these films <laughs> uh, because there was a certain similarity in my head when I was young. So for ages, until I rewatched Batman Returns later and realised, wait, that's not Carl Weathers. Yeah. That's Billy D. Williams. But... Um, there was something about his charm in all of his films. He had this swagger from Rocky when one of the earliest times I think I ever saw him was in Rocky. And he had that proper, proper charm that kind of led up the screen while even though Apollo Crude was meant to be technically, he's like the opposition. The yeah. You kind of can root for both characters and that's why he kind of turned from a like side character into an actual like full-on part of the franchise going yeah. forward. And it's the same here. He, although he is a side character, and he definitely is because Arnold is everything. <laughs> Arnold, yeah, Arnold is you know, what I yeah. mean? he has to get as many shots in as he can because he's Arnold. Yeah, <laughs> but he holds his own, and that includes muscles. <laughs> he does, yeah, he does. <laughs> fair, Measuring the two arms is a, is a hard feat to get. But um, obviously, in Predator, as he's in this episode, Dylan does not make it through the whole film, and he gets quite a brutal offing in the film. Yeah. He get, um, he gets these. Uh, he gets one of his arms blasted off, and then he's left with that before he gets finished off properly by the predator with his blade. So, yeah. it, it's a proper brutal dispatching, and I, I think it's because I think Carl Weathers is is more recognizable to me in this film. So you, although you may expect him to die, you kind of wonder whether like he is so matching almost in form of Arnold that you're kind of wondering, is he going to be one of the few that makes it out? So when he gets blasted, and not like one of the last to get blasted and killed yeah. either, that's the thing. It, it comes earlier in the film than I think you might expect. It's kind of middle of the pack, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. So you don't expect him to go that soon, especially as he's like one of the only characters that is has a bond with Arnold. Yeah. You kind of think, in the film, you kind of think, actually... He's gonna. It's gonna be him and Arnold gunning out at the end. Gunning out shirts off. Gunning <laughs> yeah, out, just, the muscles, just the muscles ripping and just going at Predator. <laughs> yeah. And sadly, that's not the way we get. Although I would have loved to <laughs> have seen that. that as well. Just them like fully like mudded up, just, just like battling. Just basically a mud fight between them and the Predator. <laughs> I'm sure there's many ladies out there that would like to be in the middle yeah. of that mud fight. Yeah. And Rob. <laughs> and Rob. You know, it's it's Carl Weathers, man, and yeah. it's you know he he did pass recently. I will. I my first exposure to him was obviously um, was Dylan. Obviously, I remember that. But then it was also um, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, you know, I can never remember <laughs> that. And then obviously saw him in Arrested Development, and I just thought he was fucking amazing. amazing. Yeah, you know, he, he is so cooking up a stew. Yeah. I, I fucking love Rip Carl Weathers, and yeah, he Carl, was so good. That's what I mean. Like action, I've seen. I've seen him in some drama. I've seen him in some comedy, and he was good at all of them. He was. I gotta be honest. He was also very underrated because there was a big period there where I felt like you didn't see Carl Weathers at all in yeah. anything. Like he just disappeared, like <coughs> in in the way that like he just wasn't like established the same way. You know what I mean? In, in one way, I don't want to say really he's 
he's a better actor than Stallone or yeah. do you know what I mean so oh, of course like he is a better actor <laughs> because they're for their niche whereas he could actually have more range than even yeah. those two guys can so it's kind of sad when he's the one whereas they kind of became these non-stop mega stars yeah because Carl Weber was never quite like leading Matt no I'm trying to remember what else he, he kind of did apart from obviously the big kind of action hitters you know Apart yeah. from Rocky, and, and I think he did a, like that's what I mean. I think he did a lot of kind of dramas and action films around that time in the nineties. I just can't think of much around like post that, like two, early two thousands and stuff. I can't think of no. like the latest I think I can think is ha- him in Happy Gilmore, and then obviously coming back in Arrested Development <laughs> in mid two thousands, and then Mandalorian in the last few years. Yeah, but, I guess I always forget. I mean, I never watched Mandalorian. But yeah, but, I did hear this Carl Weathers was in it. Yes, but yeah, so. Um, a sad passing, but also uh, a brutal offing for a very, very sexual man. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, and, I mean, my, my second, my first sexual man um, is a, it's more of a modern day sexual man. Um, so it is uh, Scott uh, Mescudi, a.k.a. Kid Coody. Uh, as ah. Jackson Hole in X. Oh, now, yeah, I like this. Yeah, I fucking love that character, man. Yeah. Um, I know we spoke about Pearl recently. I believe that was the last episode we did. So yeah. another cheap plug. Go and check out our thoughts on that. But I, I mean, this is my main exposure to Kid Cooney, To be honest, I know like I know the song Day and Night, and I know like he does he does music. But in terms of acting, I don't really know any other no. thing that he's done apart from this. And when I found out that it was Kid Cooney who was Jackson Hole, which I think is just such a funny name for this yeah. kind of like poor character, man. Um, he's just such a smooth, suave character, you know? Yeah. He's, he's, he's stacked. I love that. I love like the outfits they give him in. It's like yeah. a very stereotypical, like almost like, Kind of black dynamite. Yeah, yeah. it's like black, like, yeah. black exploitation dress. Kind of, yeah, and, and he's got like you know he's got like the mustache and like the afro, of course. But I mean, not only does he turn in a great performance, but he plays like this smooth, suave guy who just pounds every woman in the film. Yeah. Classic sexual man, you know. <laughs> just like you can't deny that every woman wants a piece of him. Every woman wants a piece, you know. And it's just he's so good in that film. And then you get the scene, another, this is probably, apart from pounding the three women in the film, <laughs> this probably signifies him as the sexual man, where the old guy, Howard, comes to the, uh, comes to, like, look for Pearl, and yeah. he's like, come and help me have a look, Jackson Hole. And Jackson Hole is just, like, strutting out in a pair of jeans, or, like, yeah. a pair of, like, tighty whities in a swamp, you know? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. a swamp, there's a crocodile about, but he don't care. And then... His death is just, you know, shotgun to the chest. It's, it's quick. It's a quick and it's a brutal one. And when I was watching it, when I watched X for the first time, I completely missed it. It was so quick that yeah, I was just yeah. like, surely he, they're not going to... It's he's, bang and gone, isn't Yeah, it? he's bang and gone. It's not even like Jackson <laughs> Hole, <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> I was thinking, surely they're not just going to do that. Like, yeah. just a quick... It takes you back how quick it is. But I thought that Jackson Hole was such like a good sexual man, mm. you know? He he's really like that's the other thing. It's just because you go Kid Cuddy and what is it Scott McCudi? I think it is actually. Maybe I missed, like that. Yeah, I definitely. I think it's it. sort of like that. But um, the character himself, it, like 
again, what's quite good about that film and also about the way they've written that character or just his performance is the fact that there is more than one layer to it. Yeah. Like, on one level, he is this charming, like, fucking, like, I I, I, I can make love to anyone I, mean, I want ladies. to. Yeah. You know, you all want a piece of this and every woman's <laughs> going to want to see my dick. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, there's also that kind of, you know, because the Vietnam side of it and yeah. the racial... The racial insensitivity which comes through Pearl's husband Howard yeah. is kind of there, that, like this bubbling pop throughout the film where he. But it's also the fact that no matter that, no matter what he feels from Howard, and he knows that Howard's got a bit of a racial kind of yeah. about him, and yet he's still there, like helping, still and helping. he still has a proper conversation. And you can tell that because of the Vietnam War, you can see that kind of slight kind of under the layer kind of more vulnerable character that is yeah. there it's a bit of edge that, well, yeah that's what know? I mean he has a little something like he's like I'm not just taken down so easy Cause it, so he's got like he, he's quite fleshed out even though it's not like he's, he's not like he's in tons of scenes actually no, but he not. is quite fleshed out in the few yeah. scenes I think he probably makes the biggest impact of like one of the fewer like smaller side characters yeah. if you think about <laughs> The cameraman, church mouse, yeah. all those kind of ones. They don't quite make as big an impact, I don't think, as he does. No, him and Britney Snow have this. They turn in great performances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they have a, they have great dynamics, and they also have this kind of like slightly tragic element to them at the same time. Yeah. When you look, like Britney Snow gives that speech about like enjoying life basically and mm. and being free and being young and all of that kind of stuff whilst you can and then knowing that you know Jackson Hole he would have gone off and spent like much of his probably like his 20s because I think he's I get the impression he's supposed to be like 30s late 30s he would have spent like a good chunk of his life going to fight in Vietnam you know and it's that whole thing at the time you would have had a lot of racial tensions and being conscripted going and fighting and then coming back and being like I have to adjust to regular life yeah. I've pr- I've probably seen shit out there so I'm just gonna enjoy life whilst I can just make porn banging you know <laughs> um, and I think his character is just so good and it's a good modern day sexual man to kick off the list because I have a my other two sexual men are 80s throwbacks so we'll give you a little a little tease there just to keep you at ease. There you go. If I don't ruin it by throwing one if in you there. Because mine, I've got I mean, a I've got a few. We've before. got a few. I thought we may have some sexual men who cross over. Um, so and yeah. Thought, and yeah. you also mentioned Britney Snow. Sexual woman. Sexual woman. List coming soon. A list coming soon, yeah. <laughs> keep an eye out for that one. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, my number two. Um, and this is... This is the one I think that you might be on yours, but I was turned by this. It was a film I hadn't seen okay. that you had seen and you said was amazing. And we had a big old episode about this and also comparing it to another very similar vampire film. Okay, yeah. You know who I'm going to I knew about. who you were going to say. And we mentioned this man in the episode uh, and he kind of got <laughs> I don't know if he was on your list, but... Jerry Dandridge he from was on Friday. I thought I fucking love Jerry Dandridge. I I thought I thought like because I'd never seen it before and you had and you'd sold you'd sold how good yeah. how good uh, Jerry Dandridge was in this film and I I, I was just like oh, I'm I'm not sure if I'm gonna like it and I watched um uh, the one where we watched Lost, Lost Boys. Yeah. I watched Lost Boys before and I was like oh, I I was kind of underwhelmed by that. Yeah. And I also did not find even in that like although he's a great performer I didn't find Kiefer Sutherland to be quite as much the sexual man or no, the, as I not. thought he might be and things like that. So I was like mm, yeah, but Jerry Dandridge fucking owns this film. Like yeah. literally like there there are many good like performances and parts I really like about this film. 
But this film was is fucking nothing without Jerry Dandridge's oh, performance. Yeah. He's incredible, man. Yeah, he owns the he owns it so well. I know there was the remake with Colin Farrell in the role, and I can't remember. I've seen it, and I can't remember it well enough to think. But I don't remember having the impact like Jerry Dandridge does in this. Colin, one. I mean, Colin Firth is a certified sexual Colin man. Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin, Colin Firth. Firth. <laughs> I mean, Colin Firth Colin is Firth. a sexual man in his own way. He right? is he, sexual man. You know, he is. Uh, He's the British sexual. He man, is a British sexual man. You know. What I mean, he, uh, we, we, I, think, I think we recently discussed British sexual like Richard E. Grant and Hugh Grant and yeah. Colin Firth. I mean, They're I, more of a you know a, a stuttering kind of yeah, oh, very I, sexual. Um, if I pull it out, will you touch it? Yeah, will you? If I take out my penis, would you, would you look at it? You know? um, I think because I was Jerry Dandridge is more my penis is out and you're going to play. You're going to touch. Yeah, in, I, in a non Weinstein way. Yeah, yeah. non Weinstein. Well, actually, he's a vampire killer, so maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but he has more of a charm with. Oh him. yeah, like there's. I mean, there's some points where obviously we open up and he's got like the the beautiful women. Yeah. Uh, like the prostitutes that he's hiring who are disappearing and then you get like one scene that ab- I mean many scenes that certify him as a sexual man but the, there's obviously that great one where he says uh, I think um, I can't remember the, the character's name uh, Evil Evil Ed yeah. says to uh, says to Charlie Brewster like that the most important thing is the vampire can't come into your house unless he's invited and then it cuts to him being at home and his mum's like, yeah. oh, there's somebody here to meet you. And we hear, like, the, the Fright Night theme, like, boo noo 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 And then, like, the sexual man's hand as he's like, uh, hello, Charlie. You know, and it's like, oh, you fucking smooth talker. It's also the fact that mum wants some banging Mum wants some banging Like, well, so you know? bad. And, like, there are, there are certain characters in this film, um, and I can't remember what her name is, the, 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 the girlfriend... Um, who is more in a kind of a trance of the vampire yeah. kind of trance whereas mum ain't in that trance mum just wants to bang mum just wants to bang you know what I mean yeah, as know. many women I'm sure did <laughs> as many mother. did um, yeah it's it's a really powerful charming performance that he, he puts in this film he looks amazing the co- the outfits costumes that he's in are just you know what I mean those high collars that 80s yeah. kind of look and he goes for a range of different ones, or even those tight tops. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the knitted jumper in one. You know, he's got the long. He's got like that grey cloak, grey leather jacket with the the red scarf. Yeah, there's some homoeroticism with his that's, form. Uh, that's, yeah, classic. You know. That's what I mean. He's got his own little bang boy. <laughs> he's got his bang boy too. Two best friends who just follows him around like together. on his knees, basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like just all of that stuff is just like he has this allure, and it just is. It, it it's something that you need to have that if you're going to go for that proper kind of sexual version yeah. of that, like that kind of vampire. If they're fully going into that, like you need to have that charm and allure. And some people can't always pull it off, no. but he, he he can pull it off. <laughs> he can pull it off, man. He can pull it off. And you'd let him too. So, um, but and his death. <laughs> So yeah. his death finally, Charlie managed to get him down into the basement, and they managed to open up the lights. But it's the amazing part of the 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 build up. There is a long ass. I think yeah, when we talked about, it, we said there is a long ass confrontation that happens. It's the yeah. only thing that's slightly dragged. I remember saying for me in the film, but it does have a really cool edit. And when he turns like bat form. And it has that classic eighty like yeah. reminded me like of when the gremlin melting at the like at the end. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's that kind of disgusting like he's getting destroyed you know his own body's Turned breaking into, down like, and green slime and yeah stuff. 
it, it, it's a it's a really cool death, but I think at the same time, like I know that there's a Fright Night two of the original which I haven't seen. No, um, there isn't, and I I am planning on watching it because it's. I think Charlie Brewster's in it, and Peter, yeah, Peter, yeah, Peter, whatever his name, old man, Roddy McDowell, is it? Yeah, Roddy yeah. McDowell. Yeah, um, but they end up, like name. Yeah, they end up moving somewhere. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's like Jerry's a college. Sister. I think he goes to college. Yeah, it's his Jerry Dandridge's sister. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. really? Which that, is interesting. That, that, that's interesting. It's just <laughs> it's just hard to see it without Jerry Dandridge. Without Chris Sarandon, and that's kind of one of the main parts of why you kind of don't want him to die, like because. I think he's almost le- you almost leave the film and he's like your favorite character. Yeah, <laughs> but it's weird. Like you're voting for him because he, you know, he puts Charlie through some shit. To be fair, yeah, and he changes a lot of people and he basically bans his girlfriend. He just pipes his girlfriend. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So it's like you shouldn't, but you do. You just yeah. like him, and when he like is destroyed, it's not that it's not cool, but at the same time, you know. I almost would have liked to have seen more stories of Jerry Dandridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they should have followed this up with the second one where it's just Jerry Dandridge before Charlie. That's yeah. what the second one should have been. Fright Night should have been Jerry Dandridge piping a bunch of lasses and just killing. Oh, yeah. Because well, they kind of teased that he's not dead at the end. Yeah, there is a know? little bit of a... So that's what I mean. It's, it's always hard that, but <laughs> I would still keep him as dead for now. For <laughs> he did not return in Friday Night 2. Yeah, that's as true. The lesser film. But th- yeah, I think I had another one on my list where I was like, technically they're not dead, but. <laughs> anyway, that is my second choice. That's a good one. Um, stealing one of yours. <laughs> you are. You stole one of mine. And now, I have, and now I've, I've got to go to uh, kind of. Now this one is. This is a uh, an interesting one because this is more of the you like the the actor more than the character if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, the character was a confirmed sexual man, um, and he but for two roles the actor sorry, um, and it's got it's got to be an, an obvious one. Uh, but it's Kevin Bacon, you know. Kev- ah, it's the Kevin bacon, bacon. Man. I didn't think yeah. about bacon. Yeah, bacon, a classic sexual man, you know. Like who doesn't you... want some sizzling bacon? Yeah, he's sizzling bacon. <laughs> uh, but but there's two roles. One where he's uh, you know he's very much the good guy. Yeah, uh, and that's I think I think Jack, the counselor in Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, you know um, he's he's a sexual man. He's got that like. He's got a vest on. He's got them kind of like high waisted like jeans. He's I think he's like shirtless at one point throughout the film. It's his and first like performance. It's his isn't first it? performance. And he's, he's charming. He's away. charming. He, he's young bacon. You know. He he. I think he pounds in the film. Always good. I have got to make a guess though. Is the other one a rapist? Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, basically a rapist. Basically a rapist. <laughs> the other one is Hollow Man. Yeah, I was going to say the film where you don't see him for a lot. You don't see him. But his character Sebastian something in that film is this sex mad womanizer yeah. who is like real charming and smooth and sleazy. Yes, he does become a rapist later on in the film, but that's uh, that's purely because the Hollow Man toxin has affected his brain. You know, yeah. um, but he, I, he, this is the actor. You know, uh, he turns in you know kind of like great performances um, in both of them as a se- through the sexual man lens. I mean, his death is brutal in Friday the 13th. Uh, One of the most brutal. You you know, classic arrow through the throat. Yeah. Um, I I don't really care so much about his character in that. However, in Hollow Man, I think, like, I think he's such a good villain, you know? He really leans into his kind of, like, horrid kind of tendencies and this, like, egomaniac. You know that he's a fucking bellend 
in the lead up to it but he's got that charm he's got that like 90s bacon vibe to him yeah. you know like the leather jacket you know like always dressed in black <laughs> classic like matrix style shades he wears and he's kind of a bit of a bellend, but he's got that charm to him. He's yeah, shagging he's, on the he's side. He's got a certain confidence about him that he's just like, yeah. He's a sexual <laughs> man. I can do you know? as I please. I can do this because I'm Kevin Bacon. Because I'm Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Fuck. And then he, you know, he takes the Hollow Man serum. Um, classic film. And he ends up going on and becoming like a, a, a rapist <laughs> and, <laughs> and a murderer. Um, but he play, he leans into it and he play, he's quite a fun kind of villain. And they, I know they, they did make a Hollow Man too. Um, Another direct to uh, like a direct. I believe DVD a direct to kind of DVD yeah, one, like... and it's kind of similar. Where like uh, I think I read I read the the plot synopsis for some reason like ten years ago, and it's stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> where basically like a soldier um, who comes back from war, like his girlfriend has left him for another man or something, and he's like. I don't know what to do. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go Hollow Man, and then he becomes Hollow Man. <laughs> I'm just gonna go. Hollow <laughs> I'm just gonna go Hollow Man. It's just how you do it, you know. Yeah. And then he ends up going mental, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, he could have just gone back to war. He would have been pretty badass. Yeah, Hollow Man at war. Hollow Man at war. <laughs> just destroying people. But it's, it's you know, I think he's he's a fun villain, and it's a shame that you know he he does get such a, a brutal dispatching because I would have loved if they had like. A tease that he'd survived, yeah, you know, yeah. just a little, a little. You can't sprinkling. quite see me. You can't quite see me. Maybe I'm still there, you know. I always fit a, a fairly sexual man, but not in this role. Who is in that film? And I always forget he's in this film because it was before he kind of broke out big again. Um, is Josh Brolin? Oh who's yeah, in the film. and I always forget he's in this film. <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of plays. He's the, like the he's kind of he's the good the, he's the good man. guy, but he's a good guy that you kind of don't like as much as Kevin Bacon. No. Um, so he, he's kind of the opposite whereas later on he'd be more of his own like yes but yeah Josh Brolin not that that was like his first thing because he was in Goonies and shit like that but, yeah, but, but was... he kind of was like at the point when he like wasn't really he was a he, at most he was a side character that you just see occasionally yeah it's not until like the 2000s that he broke out big he really did it yeah, yeah. but um, yeah good choice Mr. Bacon I've got I, ha- I do have one more and I'm hoping you don't fucking steal it because the last one is is peak sexual man, you know. I mean, uh, I've got I've got a guess of what yours you might probably, actually it's be. Probably obvious it is. I, I I think so, and I think it's on my list too. So I'm going to avoid it, and I'm going to move. I'm going to Hopefully. shift to another one for yeah. for you. I think I'm going to have to go with the one only. Now this role is not technically the one that I guess he's at his peak sexual man. Yeah. But he is possibly the most sexual man of all sexual men. Okay, we were here. <laughs> This is Mr. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, a confirmed sexual man. And this is The Fly. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was going to say Jurassic Park, classic. Yeah, he doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, he is, a, he is a horror. He has done his fair few horrors. Yeah. Um, and he is in Jurassic Park, but you can't kill Malcolm, <laughs> Dr. No, Malcolm. Uh, he does not die in Jurassic Park. And he is maybe an uber sexual man in that. I mean, open chest oh, on man. the table is insane. Insane. Yeah, open chest on the table. That shirt where, like, even when he's not, you know, he, he's, like, got, like, four buttons undone on that black shirt anyway, you know. But this is 80s Goldblum. This, this is 80s Goldblum. And this is 80s Goldblum using that kind of, when he was a bit, like, a little bit of a, like, and this is almost a film I think kind of showed him have that kind of almost 
change in a way because yeah. he, at the start of the film he almost plays into a type that he'd been playing a little bit before this which was kind of the slightly nerdier character yeah, the nerdy scientist um, so he is that at the start so he's not he's not a peak sexual man at the beginning of this film and he's not definitely not yeah. at the end of this film <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's technically a man at the end of this film but um, after he has gone through the change and yeah. his body starts to get some Gets rippling ripped. muscles he's fucking yeah. then you have him with his like top off and I mean Gina Davis is fucking like wet to the <laughs> She's, yeah, she's wet to the core. <laughs> I don't actually. I, I don't know where that came No, oh, that's really, that's really sexually explicit. <laughs> On an episode of Sexual Men, you've crossed the line. I've crossed the line. I'm going to how much it affects that woman. Yeah, and she, she is a beautiful woman as well. Yes. Sexual woman in her sexual own woman right. in her own right. Uh, but yeah, there's the there's a certain. He gets this confidence in the film after it happens, yeah. doesn't he? He starts to really build up. He, he, just, wants to, he just wants to fucking. He, he, uh, there's also one part of the film where he's just banging. Oh yeah, he's, he's just, just like fucking he's just like I can't stop. He's, he's like run, isn't it's it? It's the point when she's like I can't, I can't, I'm done. Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm well past it, and he's like, but I need to keep he's banging. Like, I need to keep banging. What can I bang? I'm a fight? fly. I have yeah. a fly brain. I need to just fuck. <laughs> Which is not so kind of of a fly that they just want to go around banging things. Well, <laughs> I guess it's that thing of like a fly only lives for so long yeah and they've just got to keep reproducing them so what you're saying is a fly needs to get like in their <laughs> in their few fun. days lifespan they need to get all the banging they they need to ba- yeah they need to bang as much as <laughs> they're they just can. eating and banging <laughs> that's just all they do they live the life um and on top of that there's also a certain charm with that comes with that confidence that he yeah. really starts to build up as a character um and you know there's also kind of something that's kind of you can't quite take your eyes off him on the screen, I think. I think he has a proper... He owns the presence in this film. Yeah. And has some proper brutal scenes in this film, like the arm wrestling yeah. thing. He fucking destroys that yeah. guy's arm. It's brutal. Um, but, you know, um, obviously, <laughs> the sexual man... He does not die as a sexual no, man. No, he doesn't. Um, as the film goes on, he becomes less of a sexual man. He is like... This is a film where he comes like, ah, you know, slightly nerdier, still sexual, but not quite at peak. And then in the middle, it's like... (laughs) It's peak sexual. Peak sexual. (laughs) I was about to say that in a more explicit way. (laughs) I'm going to avoid that again. And uh, then he he full-on drops under (laughs) sexual man, unless that's your thing. That's fine. If that is your sexual man peak. Grotesque bugs. Yeah. Yeah. As his skin starts peeling away and bubbling and... He becomes grotesque until he literally comes a man fly where he's Gina Davis has to basically blast him. <laughs> like, yeah. Because that's the best thing for all of us. When <laughs> Death Goldblum starts turning ugly, it's it's time to end it. <laughs> you have to end it. And as the old saying goes, you either die a sexual man or you live long enough to <laughs> grotesquely transform into a bug. <laughs> you know? It, it gets With all of us. Man. Plenty of banging along the way. <laughs> yeah. He's probably um, Resident Evil like monster by the end isn't he yeah, he is properly brutal it is, it's a great film um, and it's a dispatching but I think by the end you feel sorry for him because he the intention it, like any of these kind of guys is to try and do something that's going to change the world and do yeah. something better and, and, it, and it doesn't go right and, and yeah once he gets fully confident and also once he gets a bit mad he turns into a little bit of a dick but that's kind of part of it but that's his whole anatomy changing yeah. and then he becomes this disgusting creature but looking and seeing what he's like you feel sorry for him and the fact that he basically tells her to kill him at the yeah, end is another reason that you're kind of like ah oh, I don't I, I like I don't you should die it. it would have been nicer you know 
you know where it's going but at the same time it's it's kind of that same monster like american werewolf in london where you're like i kind of wish there was a way to just stop this or change you back or, yeah but it's not gonna happen you're fucked in, man in america werewolf there was more chance of it happening than here yeah. here it's like your whole body is broken down yeah. i don't know how you change that no up. your dna has been like and if we could stop changed. it now i don't think you want to stop no. it now because what you are is grotesque yeah is, um, there is a sequel the fly 2 about the baby that I think, I think all of our films so far have had some kind I of a so, yeah. <laughs> I think um, Sexual Man, Danny Se- Glover, we didn't mention. <laughs> yeah, we haven't mentioned Danny Glover, Sexual Man. Um, I think it's Gina... Because there is that that scene where Gina Davis... She has a, a she child. Has like a fly baby. Yeah, yeah. And that's effectively... Is Gina Davis the, in the sequel? She's in the opening. And I think because they use that... Because the fly ripped her apart. The fly, I think that's the thing. The fly baby kills her. <laughs> And then <laughs> that the kind of adds a, a, a sadder layer to, yeah, this, to the end of this film. At least, like it's like she's there, yeah. Yeah, and then Fly Baby grows up to be like a fine person, and then starts to mutate. And I'm, it's one of those things where it's like it. So it's it, not. Even, it's a maggot. <laughs> it's a maggot. Boy. Yeah, it's a maggot. So it just yeah. gives birth to a giant maggot. That Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit rotten, but. I do want to watch the sequel. In the I haven't, well. yeah, I haven't seen any of these sequels apart from Predator Two. Yeah, <laughs> of course, I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, we, we need to go and watch some of these crappy sequels, <laughs> or maybe not crappy sequel. I don't know. Maybe well, better than the original. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be a big thing. That's like yeah. saying, that's like saying American Psycho Two is better. <laughs> yeah, which obviously that is a sexual man there. There is as well. He he was a consideration for me. And I, for afterwards, I will mention any of my leftovers. But yeah. The ones that didn't make the, the peak totem pole. I uh, will. Uh, well, do you want to have a guess at who my last sexual man is? They can Mine one, is. Surely. It's Frank from Hellraiser. It's right? Frank Cobb from Hellraiser. <laughs> it had to be Frank He's Cobb. the fucking ultimate sexual man. I knew man. that you'd be on his list. Now, Jerry Dandridge and Frank were the two I was like. They're going to be on Rob's list. Definitely, man. But I decided to steal one, but I was like, I won't take Frank from you. <laughs> yeah, don't take he's my Frank. He's your ultimate. Don't take my Frank. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's just such a cunt. <laughs> but he... <laughs> to say, I didn't want him to die, but I didn't he's want such him to a cunt. Die. But he is that thing of like, he's, he's this ultimate sexual man because he's, he's just seeking pleasure wherever he can get it. Yeah. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure in the film they imply that he's like, using heroin and using all sorts of crazy drugs oh yeah he's, not so. yeah he's <laughs> traveling the world to find pleasure and he finds obviously he finds the um lament configuration but it's also that he's he he makes hellraiser much more erotic and he brings like the eastenders vibe to it because he's just fucking shagging his brother's <laughs> Uh, I was about to say his brother's sister, but it's definitely not. He's shagging his brother's wife, you know, and he's just like got her in his thrall. And it gets to the point where Frank ends up going to obviously he ends up going to like hell, basically, whichever dimension the Cenobites are from. He ends up escaping and being like this fucking like bone creature, yeah, and like not having any skin or anything. And he's like. Julia, my, my my pipe was so good. Have you considered yeah. seducing men, killing them, and letting me eat them? Yeah. And then it's not. She's like, yeah, of course. So she does that, and then after he's like, Julia, the pipe is so good. And you know it. <laughs> Have you thought about killing your husband, my brother, and letting me wear his skin? <laughs> it's just so fucking insane. You know, it's 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 weird because. 
I, I don't know why. I feel like Frank is almost his most sexual when he's in his skinless yeah, face. Yeah, skinless Frank. He's he's no he's got no skin. He's wearing a shirt for some reason. Yeah, and he's smoking a cigarette. This is so a man who can allure a woman to do these kind of crazy acts without any skin. That's how good his piping was. That's how good the pipe. <laughs> was, you know, and I don't even know if he when he was skinless, if he had pipe. You know, because I don't. Know. You don't see his pipe. You don't see his pipe. But it must then... have been. It, I feel it must have still been there, at least unless they removed it in hell, which they may. That would be his uh, ultimate. That be his ultimate punishment. Would be that. <laughs> and I and I love that he's the catalyst for not just like the whole story, but this element of like soap opera ism that the first Hellraiser has. Yeah. You know, because it does. It feels very much like. The first Hellraiser does it in such a, a different way. I remember yeah. when I first watched it, and I was like, this is not at all the film I was expecting no. to see. And not in a bad way, it just takes a little adjustment period. Yeah. And then, I think one thing I can say, definitely about why I wouldn't want him to die, like a, a reason I could give for that, is because, let's be honest, the sequels are not as good without him. Exactly. None of them live up to, no. like, yes, there's some amazing stuff in the se- I really like the second one. And the second one's good. And yeah, Frank's in cool the second stuff. one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. But it's just not quite as good as the simplicity of there being a character. And and it also remembers, which a lot of them forget. They don't forget, but they don't do it in the right way, which is he's like a bad character, but he's a charming character. He's a character you kind of want to see what he does next. Yeah. Him and his psychopathic (laughs) lover. Um, And, um, and, not Hellraiser, um, Pinhead. Pinhead is part of that in only a side way. He's yeah. only a side character, you know what I mean? It's like, and it's kind of what happened with Hellraiser a little bit is the fact that the, the more we've watched of them, not only does it get weaker in story and telling, but also it ups Pinhead in some of them more, yeah. which is great. So, which is fine and great, but it's kind of like in Pirates of the Caribbean when they made Jack Sparrow front and center, and it was like yeah. he worked because you were this amazing side character. Weird, yeah. Not every scene needs to include you. That was what made you so good in the first one. Yeah. Like, you're meant to be the one that comes to get them. So we should be following different, like, these people, which, yes, some of the later sequels, we haven't seen them all yet. No, we're we're working our way through them. But that doesn't include that, because none of them are as good as Frank. No. (laughs) And I think Frank would have been a great, like, he would have been a great antagonist, an essential antagonist for a a few, like, I don't think you could make ten films where Frank's sneaking out of hell, constantly, just Just like, I'm out again, you know. I mean, him sneaking back out every time and just like banging some woman in control. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like you probably some people would be like, "Yes, you, I'd watch that." Again. I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd watch it over and over. But I think that you could have you could have had some kind of story yeah. where Frank is the overarching villain, and you can give him reasons for him escaping. Like I don't know, maybe he's got like has more family, like he has a kid or something. Yeah. Uh, but I think he would have been a really good overarching villain. Hmm. Because he 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 has a lot of the a lot of the the ideas of you know Hellraiser of like forbidden pleasure and not knowing the line between pleasure and pain and what will people go to to chase it. Yeah. Frank's kind of perfect for that. He know? is. It's something that the the recent remake reboot, whatever you call it, yeah. just didn't quite get. I think I think they kind of missed that Frank yeah. character, like. If you're going to, I don't know, reboot it or remake it, it kind of feels like you need to bring back that. I'm not saying that they'll do it quite as well, but they could also... You, I'm sure there are many people who could pull off a fairly frank, good frank kind yeah. of... To bring his character back into the fold and kind of use that story a bit more than it's used in the original, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But it's just... 
kind of what I thought. You know, I thought like he is the ultimate sexual man. He's he so is. fucking. Demonic. If you could, if you could make a woman still want to pipe you when you're bones, <laughs> yeah, when you're bones, and then skinless, like then you know that you are owning this. Yeah, he he just it like what is it about that form of like it's, that muscular skinless form? It's, it's just, just handsome, like you know. Woman, many women have fantasies about this man just hopping aboard. He's just living in the attic. Yeah, no, no skin, feasting on blood. And yeah, and he's oh yeah, just so. leaving trails of his own like blood Slug. all over the yeah. ground. <laughs> he's so good. Doesn't sound sexual at all when you say it like that. But, but then you watch it. You're constantly in there like, Kurt, is it Kirsty? Yeah, Kirsty. You're constantly there like, when's she gonna pipe him? Because like, he does a, try and pipe. Her. That's what I mean. Uh, he you know. does, and he's her uncle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's but, what I mean. And there's a part of you thinking, yeah, at some point you're going to. I will say though, as it as it lost its budget and went lower and lower and lower. If Frank had retained part of the story, <laughs> let's just be honest, it would have just turned into pure porn by oh, yeah, a certain point. <laughs> I mean, Hellraiser, like, four or five would have just basically been Frank yeah. just piping yeah. and Hellraiser just watching and whipping himself. Yeah, just like, all right, when, uh, we, we, have, we have the budget for, like, Doug Bradley to be in, like, two scenes. Yeah. Let's just make porn. <laughs> just make porn. At the end. We just won't tell Doug Bradley that, who is porn. <laughs> yeah, it's porn. But at this point, it's just porn. And the, the original actors left Frank long ago. But, so we just have some skinless dude. <laughs> just, yeah, some dude in a morse. <laughs> just bang. Just that's bang, all we did. Yeah. And that's, that's hell right. <coughs> and that yeah, probably would have made better quality film. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. More <laughs> enjoyable, at least. I mean, well, and that's the sexual men. That is see. the sexual men um, of how you, oh, you. Oh, you did actually say how Frank dies. So, Frank, <laughs> so yeah. So Frank does have an amazing death. You know, um, he does take his brother's skin and start kind of living as him. Yeah. Um, it's gro- It's grotesque. It's amazing. And then Kirsty, you know, opens the box and the Cenobites come for her, and she basically says, "Like, I know where fucking Frank is. I'll lead you to him." Um, and they find him. They get him to admit that it is. You know, it's it's Frank. Yeah. And then. He just gets covered in these hooks, and it's a fucking, it's amazing. fucking amazing. It's an amazing, like possibly one of the best horror deaths. Like yeah. it's just fucking, it's as brutal as he deserves. It's as brutal as he deserves. You but know? yeah, in, in, in looking back, like in the film, you're like, yeah, I was waiting for you to die in one way, like, and you get the brutalist of deaths. And it is amazing, which is deserved in many ways. But <laughs> on the other side, on reflection, you are a bit like, yeah, but it would have better if you kept coming back <laughs> well that's the thing you see him in the you see him and he gets Jesus wept which is great and then yeah. you see him in the second one and I didn't expect to see him at all and when he pops up uh, I was like oh my god it's fucking Frank yeah. the, the man himself we're doing this we're doing this <laughs> and then I think he very easily gets tricked or he easily gets dispatched or something Yeah. but the idea that like if you're in this place where it's just pain and you don't you know you don't end up living or dying you're just there tortured forever the idea of him escaping again or tricking the Cenobites again mm-hmm. or maybe even eventually becoming a Cenobite but then escaping you know like yeah. lying to them and doing it that way I think would have been would have been a really good way to go I think he I would think have so. been such a good antagonist as opposed to they they try and bring the sleaze in like I know we've the third one the third one we enjoyed the fourth one and the fifth one, I uh, and it, as it goes on, it's like they it they gets try and get it's the got, it gets weaker and weaker. And yeah, weaker. It, it does, and even when it's not, it's just yeah. Some of them, the fourth, yeah, the fourth one wasn't too bad. It tried something. It doesn't pull it off, but it, it yeah. tried. Uh, but yeah, then after that, to be honest, most of them have been 
somewhat entertaining some of them but mainly just not good they, they can't they can't pull off a sexual man no you know and they just can't and apart from the to be honest, apart from the the second one which i do have because of the way they build up the like the dream scale yeah. or whatever you call the hell world um apart from what they do with that one to be honest after that one they are kind of all just thrown away yeah like what was the i mean i, I was about to say which is the one <laughs> where it's the main characters are like uh, disgruntled and sleazy detective and I but was that's like, like two that's, yeah that's basically all of them um, that's like the third one and the, fifth, and the, the the fifth one and the sixth one I think yeah. I think it was the one the one I'm thinking of was the one where with Dean Winters where they're trying to make yeah. Dean Winters a sexual man and it's like <laughs> Dean Winters isn't going to be a sexual man you know? no. he ain't going to be a sexual man I'm afraid he's trying he just ha- he just doesn't have it he just happened there. No, he just can't pull it off. And the story, I, I remember, just some of the stories just make no sense. Or you can just tell that they weren't Hellraiser films. No. They just attacked on yeah. him into it. Um, and we will finish. We're not we're not that far off now, are we? We've got like one or two, two left, I think. I think, maybe. Well, I think we said three and then we do our honourable mentions. Oh, oh yeah. I thought uh, you no, no, the no. Hellraiser. Hellraiser's honourable we, we, We're done. We're, we we are have done. done our three we do our honorable sexual mentions. men. So honourable mentions. Yeah, so who did you have on your... Um... Um, I I did. I had... Um, it's, it's gone now. <laughs> but I had... Um, oh, fuck it. Uh, the name the name has actually <laughs> escaped me now. I'm afraid. I had. Good. I will jump in. With yeah, you Mark. jump in. You say. Um, I had um, Kurt Russell in the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sexual man. Again, you don't definitely. That I mentioned earlier. I had one on my list that didn't definitely know that he died. They died. Yeah. But it's it's presumed, and may, yeah. he may even be just being alien. <laughs> the end, Maybe, yeah. We don't know who it is. Um, but yeah, uh, Kurt Russell in the thing, and also another film that I've mentioned recently, a more modern one, is uh, David from The Guest. Yes, yes. I, I thought he might be on yours. Rather sexual man, and yes. a modern one. A modern one. Um, so one that I had was uh, Tom Atkins, classic sexual ah, man. Of course, Tom Atkins. I didn't even think of Mr. Tom Atkins. Mr. Tom Atkins. The film is Night of the Creeps. I know you haven't watched yeah. it. So, so I'm not going to throw a spoiler out there <laughs> about a sexual man, and then the other, which is a first role, and this is one. This is a very definitive man of the uh, sexual man of the seventies um, and maybe onwards. But I couldn't really think get him to be, you know, like that. We didn't want him to die, and it was John Travolta and Carrie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. you know, sexual man. He was peak sexual man. But he, he, yeah, sexual man. But yeah, but I don't, he's I, not a character that you don't want to die, die in the film, die. is he? Yeah, he's which is why he, you know, he was on there, but he was more. <laughs> you want them all to die. <laughs> I want them all to die, even Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I just want. I want blood baths. I want the blood baths. Yeah. Everywhere. Well, um, yeah. So that's about it. So get in touch and tell us if you uh, are interested in telling us your thoughts on your own sexual men and I will hand over to Robbie to wrap us up <laughs> yeah well that is that's our little tribute to some uh, sexual men to end off the Valentine's slash love season uh, come and let us know your favourite sexual men in horror um, on Twitter and Instagram send pictures send pictures <laughs> um, at CMTH podcast uh, please remember to hit us uh, hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely review um we seem to be getting more subscribers on on Spotify, which is cool. Yeah. Um. So let's see if we can get to twenty five uh, reviews on there by I don't know by the end of April, June, whatever. That's your challenge. That's your, hack it. That's your challenge. You can do. It. I'll hack it and I'll just I'll just forge them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will see you next week. Uh, take care. 
Bye-bye.